calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey everyone, welcome back to Les Hangout, the podcast that's just a kickball change away from fame. <laughs> I love it. From the West Coast, I am Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. Here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This Week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. Just a reminder for Season 5, we are in our Patreon campaign right now. I want to give a big shout out to Zoe and Christine, who are some of our new patrons. We are also only 10 patrons away from our first Patreon goal, where we'll release a patron-only Q&A episode. You can ask us anything you want. And we have to answer it because you're a patron. Come to us <laughs> for all your your life advice and uh, relationship and flirting questions that you've just been dying to get our answers to. We'll be ready. I'm so ready. My favorite part of our Patreon Discord chat is like the crushes section, right? Where we all just like everyone gets to talk about like, oh, I have a crush and here's this thing. And then we get to talk about it. And I'm like, I feel like I am back in college or high school where like I'm just like hanging with my friends and being like oh this but can we talk about this cute person <laughs> I love yeah. it I yeah love yeah it. it's the best <laughs> it's so great also the best although not for me is that you should all be going to Clexicon is everyone going to Clexicon we are gonna have most of the team from the flame and from Les Hangout they're basically everyone but me. It's going to be in Vegas. It's coming up real fast. It is the 8th through the 10th. You do not want to miss it. They have just been continuing to announce new guests. I saw Amalia Holmes going to be there. No one wants to miss that. So I hope you're all going to have a blast. I did see Amalia is virtual. So you also can do virtual. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, get a virtual one-on-one. -on -one. Incredible. Even if you're not in Vegas or you don't want to travel to Vegas like Lee you can still do it virtually, which is also awesome. Love it. Also in October, we have spooky queer trivia. On October 26th and October 30th, we're going to be doing all kinds of 
Halloween themed trivia. You know we love our Haunting of Hill House. You know we love Hocus Pocus. We always have to do some sort of Halloween that should have been gay or episode like that. So Halloween's my favorite, my favorite holiday. <laughs> so we're excited to see you all there. Wear your costumes, 1026 and 1030. And if you just can't get enough of trivia after that, we have a very exciting event that we want to let you know about. We are going to be hosting Orphan Black Trivia in collaboration with Realm because they have an incredible Orphan Black podcast starring, you know, just a, a little someone by the name of Tatiana Maslany you may have heard of. So if you want to come to Orphan Black Trivia, we are super, super excited about this. It's going to be on November 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, and you won't want to miss it. We're also excited. We have so many events, friends. So many events. We are going to be partnering up with Bad Queers, which is one of our favorite podcasts. If you haven't listened to our episode with Bad Queers, take a listen to it. We love spending time with them. So we're going to do a live show with Bad Queers on Zoom on November 10th, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. We're going to be chatting about Chris's thoughts on rent. Uh, I'm a bit nervous. I'm also gonna excited. Be but yeah, we, we can't wait. They're such a blast to hang out with. And we're going to love hanging out with all of you, feeling like we have a live audience on Zoom. I'm so excited. And Ellie, what's happening in the in the greater Liz universe? We got some we got some interesting things. Oh this my week. god, we have had such a weird week, like the queer community. <laughs> so the first thing is um, Grimes and Elon Musk have separated, and in the separation, Grimes said, "I'll be colonizing Europa separately from Elon for the lesbian space." commune not quite sure if that's a joke or not um if it's not grimes hit us up i'm down for a lesbian space commune <laughs> but um just what is happening in this life that we live just amazing amazing things that's all ridiculous uh, i'm down for a commune listen we also have exciting news on the christmas movie front some of you may have seen a very exciting announcement that our fave and yours, Elise Bauman, is going to be starring in Hallmark's first lesbian Christmas movie alongside Tatiana Jones. Listen, we've been we've been begging Hallmark, we've been asking for this for a long time. So happy to see it. Can't wait. That means we're going to have two Christmas queer Christmas movies this year because we also have Tello's uh, Christmas at the Ranch coming. So. I'm here for it. Like, yeah, make the Yuletide gay already. Jeez. Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. And uh, in terms of television, we also have another announcement, which is Dairy Girls season three has been announced. I'm a huge fan of Dairy Girls. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I, I was literally wait. thinking about it the other day. Like, I was looking on Netflix and I was like, I want more Dairy Girls. And it just appeared. So... So you're saying you made this happen? Can you think about Teenage Bounty Hunters some more? <laughs> Don't break my heart, please. <laughs> I'm sorry. Season three of Dairy Girls, we're excited. Yeah, we're I'm very so happy. Excited. That's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. We are so excited to bring you episode three of season five, Queeriography, with a very special guest tonight. We are joined by JJ Neiman. JJ, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. We are so excited as well. For those of you who don't know, JJ is a New York City-based Broadway actor, content creator, choreographer, and coach. 
He has performed on Broadway with Book of Mormon, and during the pandemic, he became an avid TikTok and Instagram creator, reaching over 900,000 followers and 275 million video views across platforms with his theater comedy videos. JJ also stars in our musical, The Flame, as Alan, (laughs) which we were so happy to work with him. Oh, hey! And now he's here to talk to us. We're so excited. Oh, so excited to be here. Thank you. The one, the only, Alan Allegria Chapman. Oh, yeah, baby. (laughs) We're here. Incredible. (laughs) So exciting. So, JJ, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? You're obviously, like, a musical theater star, but how did you get started with your musical theater career? Oh, yeah. I was one of those, like, little theater babies that I just knew, like, from the moment that I saw a musical that I wanted to be a part of it. And I really... I joined the theater industry, I guess. And like, you know, as a whole, because I just loved the community aspect of it. And like, as a lot of queer people, I'm sure listening to this podcast can relate, like finding your community is like so important. And so from an early age, I was like, oh, these are my people. This is where I feel safe. And I just knew that like, it it was a safe space for me. Um, And my older siblings all did shows growing up and I would go see them. And I you had to be eight years old to be in the shows where we where we were living. We were in um, Maryland at the time. And so you had to be eight years old. And so I was counting on the days and I was just going to seeing my sister's shows. And um, and as soon as I was able to do them, I did. So that's kind of, it's always been like a no brainer that I was a part of the theater community. How how many siblings did you have to wait through? I'd wait through three. Three older <laughs> sisters. <laughs> the struggle. I know, I know. My parents owned a theater company actually when I was like in the womb and like a baby baby. And so like, I was in like the playpen with a babysitter and they were like rehearsing on stage. So I genuinely was surrounded by it like my whole life. So yeah. I That's so to. cool. At eight years old, what was your first show? It was Charlotte's Web, oh um, which was so somehow cute. a musical. I've never seen a musical version of Charlotte's <laughs> Web since, but it exists somewhere. Um, but I played Avery, like the bratty little brother of the main character. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Amazing. So fun. I also started theater at eight years old. I'm picturing two kids in like a spider suit and a pig suit and like. Fully. <laughs> oh, fully. The whole barnyard. Oh, my God. Out there. Amazing. <laughs> that is so incredible. Let's talk a little bit about like you said, theater was your safe space. What do you feel like? I mean, it's sort of obvious, right? But like, why is theater such a safe space for queer people? Do you think? Ooh, well, I think. I don't know. I mean, it it feels like the industry was also like created by so many queer people. So it's like a no brainer that it's continued to be that way. Queer people tend to also gravitate toward the arts and artistic expression. And so I think like, that's just kind of how it's always been. And, And so we all kind of stick together and band together. And I think a lot of people early on were like, oh, this is gonna be what we're gonna do with our lives and careers and yeah. Do you think that queer people are just more talented than other Period. people? Like, is that <laughs> you said it, you said it, not me. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I was thinking, Ellie, it's funny because we're going to be doing a, a live event with our friends at Bad Queers, who we have talked to in the past before about, like, are you a bad queer person if you don't like musical theater? <laughs> And the I feel like we yes, did no. not. The answer is yes. Well, the answer is yes. <laughs> but we didn't dig into the concept of like, we talked a lot about like, because queer people love theater. So like, are you a bad gay if you don't like theater? I feel like we didn't dig into the concept of like, because theater is a safe space for queer people quite as much. And like, mm. I don't know. I like mm-hmm. that. I, I feel we should, we should like, 
get into the the grit of that a little more as well. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Just things to think about. Yeah, for sure. What was the first musical that you saw that you saw queer people represented? Ooh, that I saw queer people represented. Ooh, that's such a great question. Because I'm thinking about all the recent ones that like made me cry when I saw them. Um, first show when I saw queer people, maybe Lacage. I really, mm-hmm. I think that 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 sticks out in my head as like one of the first times that I like saw queer people represented that way. Yeah. Wait, what are the ones that you've been crying at recently? Well, okay. Not everyone feels this way. And you know what? Entitled <laughs> to your opinions. The prom movie. I know that they <laughs> they take the lesbian love story and they do not make that the centerpiece of the movie, unfortunately, which is a flaw. But I watched that movie at home with my parents. And I also have a lesbian older sister and like, uh, and she also watched it the same week, but separately with her wife. And I just like, it was a cathartic moment and I was like crying and bawling. And like, it was a cathartic moment to watch that with my parents and see such a beautiful portrayal of love and just like acceptance. And I don't know, I think it meant something special because I watched it with my parents, even though it's a vlog movie, but you know. But like, tell us your thoughts on James Corden. (laughs) Baby, I... uh... (laughs) You know what? Okay, I will say this. In that movie... I don't know why, like, I get the whole lesbian thing and I get the, like, you know, if your sister is is gay as well. I was so waiting for you to be like, but James Gordon. But James Gordon, no. Okay, you want to know what I think is that I think that wasn't the worst thing that I ever saw. I think he's been worse in, because I just saw the Cinderella movie. I posted about this on my Instagram today and people are in my DMs fighting. But the Cinderella movie, which he produced so bad also him in hats <laughs> so bad i feel like i should narrate that for our audience it it wasn't it wasn't it good. wasn't good it wasn't okay good. let's just say that jj is currently mouthing so bad can't hear trying it. not to get canceled <laughs> by your listeners yeah. for hating everything you're fine i you're can't fine. say where i heard this but i heard it was bad uh, it's trash okay i'll say it now no so because i've seen so many things that james corden has been in that are worse i i didn't hate him in that but also i did feel like the um I don't know the performative queerness that he was putting on. I don't know. I was just like, why? Like, why can't someone else do this? At least. I don't know. Or or like at least get someone who is gay to play yeah. the over-the-top effeminate gay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why him? But they're so they're so few and far between in musical theater, JJ. I mean, where men. would you even where, find one? Yeah, where would you find a <laughs> musical theater actor who's gay? No, but I did also cry at the prom. And can still acknowledge that it is a flawed film. Yeah. Like, it it did what it wanted to do to Mm -hmm. the audience, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it definitely gets you crying. But there's, yeah, Yeah. other things. things. I think you should tell your sister she might enjoy The Flame. Yes. I should. Yes. Maybe she's listened to it. I should ask her. I think I did also cry when James Corden did his, like, gay speech. I don't, like, gay speech is wrong. But his, like, coming out, his whole speech about his family. Uh I did actually I did cry. Too. So, and I think it's just because like that speech itself. Yeah, like, just are hard. you a good bar though for? No, I cry things. at so many. <laughs> okay. I cry at lot, a lot of things. I cried a lot of things. Ellie's like somebody dropped their ice cream on screen, and I'm sobbing. No, the worst one was, and my sister always makes fun of me. Have you? Have either of you ever seen the Fat Albert movie? I have not. <laughs> okay, well then it doesn't really matter. But the Fat Albert movie, Keenan Thompson plays right. Fat Albert. And the whole premise is that he comes out of the TV 
and he like makes all these friends when he's out of the TV. And then at the end, he has to go back into the TV. And we're watching it like in the basement, like at our like church youth group, right? Like it's like not that serious. And he goes back into the TV and everyone's like, okay, fine movie. I'm bawling. Oh. Like, he had to leave his friends and he had to go back into the TV. And and my sister will like never let me live it down. Like every time she sees me, she's like, remember when you cried during the Fat Albert movie? And I did. Yeah. So that uh. you're right. Not a not a high threshold at all. <laughs> Ellie, you you may or may not be shocked to hear I did not cry at the prom movie. I'm not surprised at that. Like, <laughs> you don't cry at anything. I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised at all. So you're you're an eight year old in Maryland. Sure. Okay. And then I want to know because a I have questions about how you go from that little eight year old musical theater kid in Maryland to like like Broadway. Uh-huh. First of all, and second of all, I would I'm curious also to know at what point in that timeline, when did you come out in that whole process? Oh, sure. Yeah. OK, so um, or were you out at eight? I mean, I, don't girl, wanna, I wish like... I wish. No, I grew up in a very, very conservative Christian household. My my older sisters were raised much more strictly than I was because um, they are six, eight and ten years older than me, respectively. So I was the baby baby. So they had, you know, my parents had learned to get a little more laxed with their, you know, how they raise kids a little bit. But that being said, I still was always in like private schools or private Christian academies. We moved to North Carolina when I was 10. And I really, that's where I really, there, there were like so many community theater companies where I grew up. So I, growing up, did theater pretty much year round. I was not one of those kids who was going to like the intensives, the summer camps, I wasn't like training. I also didn't grow up like dancing in like a ballet company or like competition dance or anything. So I kind of just grew up like learning to do everything just like by doing shows and doing children's theater shows at school, community theater. And so I did those like, you know, year round. I was doing like four or five a year probably. Um, so I was constantly doing shows. I would choose not to go to summer camps and stuff because I was like, well, I want to do shows and stay in town and stuff. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that's, that's basically my background. And then I just, you know, when I was like 16, I had a director that was from New York that came down to, you know, has his own entertainment company here and came down to direct Hairspray, which is still my favorite show. And he told my parents, like, basically he was like, your son has like, has it, you know? And he was like, if he wants to do this for a living and as a career, there are conservatories, there are schools where you can go to like train it and like actually get a degree in this. And so that was the first time that my parents were like, oh, okay, maybe. And so we started looking into it. I got into Elon University. Well, I, you know, we did the whole college audition process. I got into Elon University, which is a really amazing program. And it also happens to be in North Carolina, like three hours from where I was living. So I went there before I went to school that summer before college is when I came out. So I came out to my dad first and I, I, I think I, well, think I knew I knew baby, but I was in a private (laughs) Christian high school all four years and was like on the worship team, like was involved in everything. And I genuinely just think I compartmentalized. I was like, I know that this is part of my life, but I'm just not going to deal with it until I'm out of here. And I, I just genuinely like stifled those feelings and emotions and then I was like, you know, felt emboldened to, to come out before I went to college to my dad. And then I did to my mom like two months later and pretty much to everyone else. But of course, my sisters, most people in my life were like, 
yeah, okay, cool. Like, you know, we knew, but my parents had no idea. And I was like, y'all, y'all are whack. But um, anyway, <laughs> so, so anyway, that's, that's that. I went to college for musical theater, got a, you know, a BFA program, got my degree, best four years of my life. I genuinely loved that school so much. And then I booked Book of Mormon and I booked that three days after I graduated college. So I, I flew to New wow. York not to move here. Cause I was like, going to do some like summer gigs and I had some contracts and I flew here for the callback. And I literally found out the next morning, they were like, you're starting rehearsals today. Like go to the theater, sign your contract and you're starting music rehearsals. They need an immediate replacement on Broadway for the swing track. And, and I was like, okay, let's do it. And so that's how I like moved to New York. I moved here for my Broadway show, which was really awesome. And is pretty rare. That's too. amazing. Also, do you feel like your uh, private Christian school prepared you to be in book of oh Mormon. yeah baby like, <laughs> you were like i feel this yes absolutely very very the mormon religion is very different and i learned a lot about it when researching and like learning the show i was like whoa this is um different too but um but it definitely prepared me for sure yeah i'm curious too like talking about your coming out story a bit what part of, wait, what part of North Carolina did you live in? I was in, um, like, Wilmington, Wrightsville Beach area, like, on the coast. Okay. I have, well, I have a friend who lived in Raleigh, and she went to, like, I don't know. It's, like, Raleigh Christian uh-huh. Academy or oh, something. Oh, yeah. I've you been there because we did uh, choir competitions there. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, I don't know if your schools were similar to those schools, but her brother got expelled for being gay. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... So I can understand you compartmentalizing those things. I didn't know if like the schools you were going to had those Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if it was like a morality clause in Mm -hmm. their handbook or something, but like he literally got expelled for being gay, not for, not for doing gay activities on campus, literally for coming out. Wild. Wild. I probably would have had, I mean, I I imagine that that probably would have happened to me too. So yeah, crazy. It's granted. There, it's interesting because there's so many sectors of religion and Christianity and stuff. And so like my, meanwhile, like the church that my family goes to and like I grew up going to, I don't think would have ever been like that. But my, my uh, school would have been like that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I mean, we like are the previous episode that we just had, we talked to an ex-evangelical pastor mm. who is now very very gay and engaged and (laughs) um so it's like just these themes keep coming up and I'm sure are like exist for a lot of queer people yeah for uh, like I was raised Catholic and it's like same thing like my church was like cool with it but also like weirdly there's some stuff that's that's like internalized and not of so course. It's, it's, it's a difficult, very difficult thing to navigate as you're like a young queer person in a very like religious state. Yes. <laughs> or area. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. But I'm glad that you got to come out and experience. So when you're at Elon, that was like, I'm Ugh. sure the musical theater program was very. Liberation, like, baby. You could be yeah. as free as you wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm happy for you on that. Yeah. And how's. How's New York for you? Is that like, you know, are people cool about gay people in New York City? Oh, no, they just don't talk about it here. You know what I mean? Very hush hush. Hush hush. Super hush hush city. Yeah. Oh, God. I love that's, New York. That's what New York is most known for is the very quiet hush hush nature of the people who yeah, are there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm loving it. Well, let's talk a little bit about your Book of Mormon 
gig. Mm-hmm. So, like, you went straight from college to Book of Mormon. Like, what was it like performing on Broadway, like, straight from college? Yeah. Um, well, it was a whirlwind and, like, crazy how, like, how quickly it all happened. So I just kind of was trying to take it all in. But, you know, I was 21 when I joined the show. So it was just crazy, you know, timing wise. And I was stressed because I had never swung before. So all of a sudden I was learning not one role, but seven. So I was like just trying to like, you know, take it all in and learn everything. And um, people were super like supportive there for the most part, like in terms of the learning process. Environment wise, I'm, I've been kind of open about the fact that I didn't always have the best experiences there, specifically my first like year that I was there towards the end. Like when I left the show, I was crying, like bawling. Like I did not want to leave, but it took a long time for me to build those relationships and, and, and the workplace and environment changed because of the whole me too movement. And because of like a lot of realizing, Oh, even though Broadway is like, or like musical theater, like you're working backstage, like, oh, it doesn't feel like it's a job sometimes, but like, this is a workplace. So like, you should not be joking about certain types of things. You should not be saying certain types of things. And I was like, I was not having it. <laughs> so I was like, had a, a rocky start too. Um, Cause it kind of felt like I like entered like a frat, which I was not all that into. And surprisingly, everyone thinks that everyone in Book of Mormon is gay, but there were so many straight people in that show. In fact, I was in the minority and I was like, this is not what I thought probably was going to be. There's all these like 35 year old married straight men with children who are in the ensemble with me. Like it just was weird. But because I came in with so much energy and intensity and like as a 21 year old, like just cue the eye rolls, you know what I mean? Like cue the, all of that. So I, I, ha- I honestly, like people warmed up to me. I ended up really liking my time there because a lot of stuff changed, like I said, and, and the show itself. Oh my God. Like I had the best time performing that show and doing it. And it's just one of the, well, now it's come into question. Some of the, the content of it, which I think is good. And I think there is problematic stuff in it, but I do think as a whole, in terms of the structure and like the music and everything is one of them, like most perfectly written musicals, like so yeah. iconic, so funny, you don't even have to try to make anything funny. It just is like, it, it was really awesome to do a show that, you know, was just like written really well. You know, I still remember going to see, I saw Book of Mormon when it was starring in Boston and like, cr- like cried laughing. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you leave that show and like you hurt from laughing so hard. Yep. Like, it's I had never seen funny. the show before I got cast. So my first day of rehearsals, I went and saw the show that night and I was like, um, I, <laughs> I just was what I like, meant. whoa. <laughs> Yeah. But I I was also going to say, though, like, that's also, I mean, in terms of your first year being kind of of rough, like, that's also a lot all at once, because I also feel like a lot of people like you leave college and like that first year out of college like that transition is rough too in a lot of ways New York, like, yeah, like that's a lot. That's a lot all at once. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But ended on a good note. That's that's the important. Oh, of course. And, And I think honestly, like, Sometimes like people just, and this is a recurring theme with a lot of friends who have been in in Broadway shows and especially people who were like young, like me, who were, who were joining companies that had been running for a long time. There is an energy where people sometimes get really jaded. People get really tired of doing what they do. And when, when you're just graduating college and you're like, I love musical theater, like this is magical. Like this is amazing. And some people are just like showing up and doing their job. It's like, wait, like, uh, you, you know what I mean? You're like, do I adapt to this energy or do I just like keep being 
me. And I chose to keep being, you know, keeping me. And so like, but I think as the cast started having turnover, you know, new people end up joining, new energies come in. That's when I was like, okay, great. Like I just needed some new energies and younger people, like people like closer to my age. And I was like, okay, now I feel like I have like friends and like feel really safe. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe that's a good transition okay. point. Uh, can I, I'll finally let us get to TikTok, Ellie. Is that okay? Yes. Because I feel like, you're, you know, you're saying like, oh, people get into the industry and they get all jaded and whatever. But like. So not only are you like, oh, here I am and I'm young and I'm talented and I've got this like great career that I'm like kicking off with a bang and all this stuff. But now here you are still all of those things, but now also with this like incredible TikTok account. <laughs> um, and what I love about your TikTok is that like not that there's anything wrong with like dancers who make their TikTok like them just dancing, which is fantastic. And I love many of their accounts. Uh-huh. But you also have so much content that is kind of just like the it's not really like behind the scenes is not the word I'm looking for. It's like the musical theater experience, you yeah. know, of like being in shows and being backstage and like all the the stupid silly shit that like happens and that I think is like super relatable for like everyone who grew up as musical theater kids and all that stuff and like that's the stuff that I love too and that's the stuff that like you're not gonna make when you're super jaded about it all you right know? right absolutely so let's let's talk about the right the rise of the TikTok okay how what what happened how did we fall into the TikTok black hole <laughs> oh my god well first of all TikTok is so. I mean, I literally <laughs> will cry laughing in bed. Nothing makes me laugh more than TikToks. Just like any social media platform can be used for good or evil. 
And I just think that once you use TikTok enough and your page is curated for you, you're like, oh, this is everything. So anyway, I love TikTok. I think it's an amazing app. I start, I downloaded the app when I was um, like in January, February of 2020, when I was doing a show in Seattle, I was doing this show called Bliss. We were doing the world premiere and I was playing a unicorn in it. Well, I, I played a bunch of roles, but in one scene, I was a unicorn and I was like, <laughs> Amazing. I need, truly, I was like, I need to make a TikTok dance video in this unicorn outfit or else I'm just going to regret it when the show's over and I don't have a video of me like dancing. So I did like the Sierra dance. It was like the rocket don't stop it. That one. So I did that in my unicorn outfit. So I made that and like, what did it get? Like 200 views, nothing. So I just at that point was consuming videos here and there and I was watching it and I was like, oh, this is funny. Then everything shut down. And so when I I moved home to North Carolina for a little bit because I didn't have like a lease in New York because I had just done that gig in Seattle. So I um, moved home for a bit. And I used to make YouTube videos when I was a teenager, 13, 14, 15, around there. And I would make like skits and like funny videos. And they're very embarrassing. Some of them are still online. Are they still up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's find them. them. We'll go find them. Trust and believe like 95% are taken down because they're incriminating. They're so embarrassing. (laughs) But I, I had all these wigs because my sister's had bought me wigs over the years to make YouTube videos because they were just supporting me. And they were like, you're so stupid. And so um, I came home and was in my childhood bedroom again. And I remodeled and redecorated. I was cleaning out my closet and I found all my wigs. And I was like, oh my God, what if I start like kind of making videos again? And I just like kind of tested the waters a little bit, lip syncing here or there, was so terrified to have like my actual speaking voice on TikTok. Cause I was like, oh, like that's annoying. Like I don't want to hear myself talk and like what people see it. And I don't know, it's like very vulnerable. So I slowly started making videos and over the course of a few months, you know, kind of slowly was gaining followers. And then once I started making my Broadway actors, mic on off videos, which was like last August or September. So a year ago now, that's when my videos started really taking off because people were seeing like, oh, this is an actual Broadway actor and like making videos of point of view of like, quick changing backstage or like when your mics are off. And it's a whole world that like a lot of people think of Broadway as this like elusive, like elite thing. But like, we're all like, for the most part, a bunch of nerds and like theater kids. And like, we all are (laughs) just want to have fun at work. You know what I mean? And so like almost all the stuff in my videos are all like based on true things that like were said to me or happened in my theaters. And the crazy thing is the more I started doing them and getting requests, oh, can you do Mean Girls? Can you do Hamilton? Can you do this show? then the casts of the shows would start seeing them. And they were like, do you have like a wiretap in our theater? Like, how did you know that? Like, we literally had this conversation in this moment. Like, how did you know that we do this? And like, this quick change is always chaotic. Like, it's so funny. And so like all the Mean Girls cast and a ton of the Hamilton casts and like the six girl, the girls from six, the musical, like all like follow me now. And like, it, it's anyway, it's really cool. And it's created like this whole community now online and honestly, surprisingly, very non-toxic. Like I, I very rarely get negative comments. I think people might, there's definitely so many people out there. I'm sure that will either think my content is cringy or is like not funny. And it, it would be because they don't like get it or they're not in the theater community. So it just doesn't make sense. And I'm like, what is this like gay kid doing? But um, <laughs> truly like, I'm sure they're just like, what is this boy doing? But like the people who see it are the people who want to see it for the most part. And I think the comment sections and everything are always so positive. And like, 
I don't know. It's really like kind of amazing somehow that that's that kind of a positive community has been created there and people really have responded so well to them. Um, I love it because I feel like for me, like every time I see them, I'm like, they are so representative of like either all the, cause as, like as someone who hasn't like been in a show since I was like in high school, uh-huh. uh, outside of like, outside of the musical we made, which um, like we had no behind this, like, you know, yeah, we didn't we have any no costume changes. <laughs> and so it's like, I feel like I watch all your videos and I'm just like, look, this is either like the same dumb shit that we used to do at 16 or it's like all the stuff that you used to like make fun of each other for, you know, yeah. like the, the kind of like, oh yeah, we're like poking fun at like the other people in the same show that are, yes. you know, like. And that's the thing it's about so theater accurate. is that it's no matter so if you're on Broadway or you did one show in your middle school or high school, theater is a shared experience. And so like, I, oh, you yeah. know, like anybody can relate to them and be like, oh my God, this brings me back. And like, I get messages like that all the time that people are like, this brings me back to like in high school when I did musicals, like I miss it so much. And during the pandemic when nobody could do shows, I think a lot of people like lived vicariously through my videos or just TikTok in general or social media and was just like, oh, this reminds me like why I love to do this. And like, how, and it reminded me, it brought out my inner theater kid and reminded me that I loved to do it. And it wasn't just like a job and like that I was stuck doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I get that 100%. Honestly, like I feel like TikTok has renewed my love of musical theater yeah. and the flame. But like I did not do a show for like years and then like started watching these TikToks and like people would be posting like they're like piano, like duet with me. And I was like, I'm going to fucking sing on my own again. Like, I don't care. Yes. You know what like, I mean? Like, I'm like, who yes. cares? Like, I'm just going to do it for fun. Like, I don't care that it's like cliche. Like my young self is like, I love it. You know, like it's it. And you can do that. And like people are supportive of it, which is like, totally. it's crazy when you're like, you're 15 with a hairbrush. In yeah. Front of you, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Cares, you know? And I, I feel like I spent so much of my life. Like I stopped making my YouTube videos. For example, I loved video creating. And I stopped doing it because of cyber bullies and because I was like scared of what people thought. And at that time was not out of the closet and was so scared of people saying, oh, you sound like a girl, you're gay, whatever. And so it's really empowering now to be like an adult and to kind of like reclaim like that part of my life that I've always loved doing. And I, I cut off because of fear of what people think. And now I'm like, I genuinely do not care. And it's taken me so long to get to that place. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's it's cool that I'm able to like be able to do that now. Yeah. I love that. What would you say to people who are not at that point yet, who like are still like, I wish I could do this, but I don't, I am still scared. Like, what would you say to those people? Well, first of all, therapy is amazing. So if you're thinking (laughs) about doing it, do it because, you know, it's important to like come from a healed place. And sometimes you like need to do some healing to like be able to properly like pursue something, whether it's love or a career move or something, you know, I, I honestly would say like one person's cringe is another person's sense of humor. So like you are never going to please everybody. So like you could literally be the most, you know, unobtrusive person, not have an opinion on anything and not ruffle any feathers, be nice to everybody, live under a rock. And someone still somewhere is going to have something negative to say about you or your choices or the way you live your life. So like, trying to care about that is like, or, or forcing yourself to care about that is just like damaging. And so it's okay to like genuinely not care. And like, just say that you don't care enough times until you don't, you know, like sometimes you just have to like 
put yourself out there and, you know, be cringy or make a mistake or like make a video that flops or something, but you will never know, like, if you don't try. So, but if you, if you continue to live life out of fear, like fear is the antithesis of art and is the antithesis of love and life and light. So like, if you are operating from a place of fear, then you're never going to experience like your full potential. So I don't know. I've been trying to like teach myself that and like remind myself that because I, I've kind of threw caution to the wind and have been shocked at the response and like the love that came toward me. I think you can't go wrong, like doing that. But also sometimes it comes with age. Like when I was 15, I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have just said, oh, I don't care. Um, some people can, but like, I think sometimes it just comes with like learning to like love yourself more, you know? I For also sure. love what you were saying about like leaving YouTube and like the kind of comments that you used mm -hmm. to get and like the interactions that you had and TikTok. I mean, besides the fact that like TikTok is an incredibly effective app <laughs> because it really does just say like, is this all the stuff you like? Here you go. Yeah. Which is great. But the other, like the flip side of that, that I don't think we've talked about as much, um, despite how much Ellie and I love talking about TikTok is that it's also great from the perspective of the creators where it's like, if you go onto TikTok and you are like, West bumfuck Trump stan like 92 like you're not going to be fed a constant unending stream of like queer content right you know and so it's like the people who would go and kind of like oh I'm just gonna like go and troll YouTube things like the only way like you have to find them That's on true. Yeah. TikTok or or you would have to like be real committed to being like, oh, straight content that I want to see. No, I'm going to keep scrolling until I get gay stuff. And then I'm going to like force the algorithm to think I right. want this stuff so that I can like leave them shitty comments. Which is and so the end like result excessive. is like, <laughs> right. <laughs> no, right. The I'm just going to like watch a lot of gay shit to like. Haha, <laughs> take that game. Like, yeah, you don't get that. What you end up with is like everyone kind of like cloistered into their own little TikTok spaces. And the end result for a lot of especially queer people and like uh, like any minority group, I think, is that like you have a much happier, welcoming environment yeah. to create in. So like talk a little bit about that, like compared to what you were saying about YouTube, like what has that been like on TikTok? Yeah, I mean, like, it's been so long since I, I made those YouTube videos and it was still at the beginning of like the boom of YouTube kind of, mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I just didn't know how sometimes people found them, you know? And so, um, that, yeah, it was like, it was, you know, hurtful and damaging at times. And, and again, a lot of it was honestly revolved around my not coming to terms with my queerness and who I really was. And I was just like hiding. So that was a big part. And I think like, yeah, like you, like it literally everything you said about TikTok is true. And I think that obviously it can still be like a toxic place and stuff, but like it, you're right. It is harder for people who like want to troll you to like even find you in the first place. And that's really awesome. And I, I think like Instagram is like, similarly, like it's hard to just like find people. Um, so you end up finding like, it's, it's similarly an algorithm. And now that Instagram has reels, like I very rarely get anything super negative at all. And if anything, it's just people being like, what is this? You know? So yeah. <laughs> now, if only we could teach these apps to stop censoring queer people. <laughs> As we're talking about censoring, has your content ever been censored? Like, or have you been like what? shadow ban no the shadow ban i have not and and you know why 
I think part of it is, is because like, I don't always like, I'm very open about my queerness and everything, but I don't necessarily make a ton of videos like about queerness, I guess, as a whole I have, Mm -hmm. but not, it's not like usually what I make. And I also know I have so many young people following me and like 12, 13 year olds. So I, I genuinely like never, I try never to curse or post anything that's like explicit. Um, just because I know like if their, if their parents saw them watching me and would be like, oh no, don't follow this guy. Like then I wouldn't want to necessarily post that, which is a lot of responsibility I'm putting on myself, but I also want it to be a safe space because there's so many youngins on TikTok that like love theater. So, you know. I think my new favorite thing is with the captions, how people are like the things where people are learning to like get. Oh, yeah. Like the content violations or shadow bans or whatever. And I'm like, especially now that they have like the auto captions, um, I just it cracks me up. Like the things that people come up with for how to like avoid Mm -hmm, your video to get around it. Yep, They're incredible. Like what, Lee? What have you seen? Oh, God. I've seen a lot where, like, if you ever use the word, like, died or dying or, like, everyone, like, captions it as, like, unaliving someone or, like, like, killing or dying or, like, anything. Uh, Everything is unaliving. Segzy. Segzy times. Seg topics. Like, everything (laughs) is S-E-G-G-S. I've seen, I mean, obviously, like, La Dollar Bean is, like, one of the most, you know, well-known now at this point of, like, has caught on as its own whole thing but like la dollar bean kind of started as you know like avoiding like having to type the word lesbian which would get you taken down and like oh, so i don't know weird, there's, there's just a lot of a lot of things that just still crack me up yeah it happens so often like the other day we got we have this t-shirt on our website that says hip hip i'm gay so Fierce. it's like yay i'm gay right and i like ran an ad for our merch store and facebook flagged it and was like this is inappropriate and i had uh, to send them a, i had to send so them a message so I sent, I sent them a message that was like hello facebook like um, <laughs> i just want to let you know good like, start good start this post is celebrating being gay by saying the words hip hip i'm gay it is not derogatory towards gay people or bullying them thank you for your time and then they like sent us a thing back that was like all right you're fine like, but it's I was like, like why? But I'm like, Jesus. why? No, but why? But I do you know how many of those I sent to TikTok? Because do you, you'll remember, Ellie? Because you listen I know to me bitch yeah, about it. Yeah. I know you do. You listen to me bitch about it endlessly. But remember, remember way back in the meteor meteor days, JJ. The whole it was like the TikTok where the girl was like God talking about the dinosaurs, and he's like, make them meteor. Oh yeah, yeah. They're like, I sent a meteor, whatever. I made, it was like right when I had first started my TikTok and I made one that was all about like, oh, like someone needs help with something, like send uh, a dyke or something. And it was like a play on like dyke the lesbian versus like dyke saving you from like a giant tsunami, like whatever. And they kept taking it down and I tried like bleeping it out and I tried like uh, misspelling the word and all this stuff and they kept taking it down. And I was like, me, a whole ass lesbian calling myself a right, dyke I can is say not this. offensive. <laughs> like what's offensive is you telling me I can't like, please stop doing this. And I would send and I sent so many of those same things where I'm like, listen, like there are literal popular podcasts who like you know i'm like we have friends who run like diking out the podcast mm-hmm. like there are housewives real house dykes of whatever i'm like these are like names <laughs> these are people's like shows names so like, what a name how are you gonna tell like 
what are you talking about? I'm like, this is not a hate crime. What you are doing is the mm -hmm. hate crime. <laughs> I was like so mad at them. Oh. Um, and instead I just got shadow banned for like three weeks and gave up on it. And That's I was like- That's so annoying. And the, the worst is when also like people are talking, like a lot when a lot of the Black Lives Matter movement was going on and people talking about like issues <laughs> and then TikTok just decides to shadow ban them or take them down. And it's yes. like, we, this is a way that we consume media. I'm like, don't censor this. Like, be, don't be censoring like content creators of color. Like it's ridiculous. And I, I, I have though before, like said, like when I use like Trump's name, I will do like yeah. an asterisk in the middle. Cause I'm like, I don't even want, not because I don't want TikTok to take it down, but I don't want it to get on the side of TikTok. On Trump are gonna talk. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that the ways that you can find ways to like, not um address certain things to not get on yeah. that side yeah have either of you seen the there's a new show about the d'amelios yeah have you seen i it? haven't seen the show but I, i've I seen the not. previews yeah so i'm ha i'm very happy that you're not being trolled but it made me so sad watching <sighs> that show like they get so much hate like so much cyberbullying that they're like it was a sad show. Like, it was a very sad show. Like, I felt horrible for these two girls who were just getting, like, bullied every day. So I also feel like it is, like, for us, it is a safe space. But also, like, there are still people out there who oh, are, yeah. like, really just, like, vicious cyber bullies. And I don't know, like, I don't know. I don't know what we can do in this world to stop them. But, like, it is, like, this is, like, because TikTok is so young, right? Like you're talking about, there are a lot of 15 year olds on TikTok who are famous on TikTok, right? Who have like a shit ton of people watching and they can't separate like hate comments from like reality. Correct. And that's like, so it was so heartbreaking to watch that show. Like yeah. I honestly felt so bad. In for the them. same way, like TikTok also has kind of, and, and I, friends and friends of mine and I have like talked about it, about the fact that like, it has normalized cyberbullying in some ways because like everything is a joke on TikTok. So it's like, everything's a joke, right? But like all of the accounts are so anonymous and are so not tied to like you personally versus like Instagram and Facebook and places like that normally are like your name. So the comment sections sometimes are, I mean, I don't read them. I read like the first 10 because I want to interact with people and then I stop. But like, but on, on people like that, like people now with some influencers who have that much popularity and like they have so many people watching them partially it's because they got famous for like not really a good reason so people don't have any respect for them because they're like teenage girls but it's like these are still human beings like they're still people, whether you whether yeah. or not you like what they're doing like is not <laughs> grounds to treat them like that way yeah it's wild yep. it's it was crazy i would i'm like i would recommend the show like as like a PSA against cyberbullying because mm. that was really the big takeaway I got from the show. Not necessarily. It's not like a. It was not highly entertaining. Interesting. It was like pretty sad. Dang. Sad. Yeah, I felt pretty horrible for them. But yeah, like so. I don't know. I I do hope that there are like it, also if there are younger people in our audience as well. Like I hope you can get to a point where like you stop looking at the hate comments and just do what you love. Yeah. Because like that is just. Yeah, and you're not going to be everyone's favorite person, and that's fine. Absolutely. And stay on Queer Talk. It's always better on Queer it Talk. It is. It is. Do you know the musical title of show at all, JJ? I don't know it very well, actually. There's this song in it. It's called Nine People's Favorite Things. 
Okay. It's like the lyrics are, I'd rather be nine people's favorite thing than a hundred people's ninth favorite thing. Mm. And I just always love like talking about that of like, I'd rather be like a very small amount of people's like niche favorite thing. Yeah. Like, I love you so much. And only then like a bunch of people's like thing that they that's here on their list. That's like you and I in a nutshell. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Yes. I love it though. Like that's all I need is just like a bunch of people who are like, you're amazing. And everyone else is like. Whatever. I was like, that's all I need. Just a small crowd giving me like an unstopping adoration. Like, yeah, performers. You can't pretend. I always get so annoyed when like other performer friends would be like, I don't like attention. I'm like, you are a performer. (laughs) Your entire thing is that you get on stage and have people clap for you. Like you like attention. Just like (laughs) people probably want the good attention because honestly, I can honestly say I never want to have as many followers or be in the public eye as much as like the D'Amelios because I don't want that for myself. You know what I mean? So there's a difference. The internet's crazy yes. though. That's no, why. there's a huge I... difference. Wait, do in on that vein, I'm like, yeah, because they have like paparazzi following them and shit. Do people recognize you on the street? Okay, it's funny you say that. <laughs> so yesterday <laughs> I was, okay, well, yesterday I was on a date actually last night with someone, a first date. And it was just kind of like a cool moment to like, I was sitting there at the restaurant and at the end of getting drinks and everything, the server was like, Oh my God, I just want you to know, like, I love your videos and da 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 Like, I'm such a big <laughs> yes. fan. And she was like, I had to have this table because I was like, I love him. Like, da da da. I was like, oh my God. And then also happened at the next place that we went. And the night before, like, this is crazy because, like, <laughs> I've been so much of the time in like North Carolina where, like, maybe if anyone knows me, it's because I'm from there. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, oh, yeah. you're like in your hometown. But as soon as I got back to New York, like, the night before, so what's, what's today? I don't know. But two nights ago, we went to a restaurant and I got recognized four times at one restaurant. Two of the servers knew me. And then people were walking by and were like waving and we're like, oh, my God. And like took a picture. And I was like, this is crazy. Like uh, genuinely. And my friends who were with me were like, is this actually like happening? And I was like, that's why. And it's my first like kind of taste of that in real yeah. life, because in New York, <laughs> everybody is. That's amazing. Everybody Everyone's an people. actor. Right, though, yeah, because, like, your whole thing is about theater people. Yeah. And, like, then, yeah, like, everyone who works in the restaurant industry is like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Also. That's hilarious. Sorry. I, I have to tell this only because I don't know if I've ever told this on the podcast. And, Ellie, we can, like, oh, I love this the episode story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if it's too no, long because no, I know it. Ellie's tell heard it. it. So, I, we, I mean, we are on very different scales of, like, uh, how many people recognize us. And I don't go out as much as Ellie does. And so I, like, never get recognized. But my favorite thing is when we first started the podcast, like, a couple seasons in, my company works, uh, is, like, headquartered out of Switzerland. So uh-huh. usually, like, once a year I have to fly to Switzerland. And the year after I had my daughter and I carried her and I nursed her. And so it was, like, my first time traveling away from her. She was, like, four months old. And I had to fly a 12-hour flight because I'm on the West Coast. So I had to fly 12 hours Ooh. to Switzerland, which if anyone has ever, you know, traveled while you're breastfeeding, 12 hours I had to pump three times on this flight, which like <laughs> pumping on an airplane is its own adventure uh, uh, as it is. And so 
the last time that I had to pump was like kind of as we were getting close to like, you know, like landing and everything. <laughs> so and I'm all set up again. And you're literally like in your chair, like there's nowhere to go in an airplane. So you're sitting at your seat with like all your little stuff. You have a cover over you with like these giant things sticking off of your chest and like, and a little pump like running in front of you. And one of the stewardesses comes over to me and she like, like, and I had asked like how much, how long we had until like, uh-huh. this, like the descent so that I could like make sure I had time or whatever. And she like comes over and like kneels down like right by me, like in the aisle. And I was like I'm like convinced I was like oh my god she's gonna tell me that like we have to like we're landing and I have to put everything away and I was like I'm I'm so sorry like I just I need like 10 more minutes like uh and she like kneels down and she was like hi like I just wanted to say like I listened to your podcast (laughs) (laughs) not while you're breastfeeding I'm weak no and it's literally and this was like my first time like ever being recognized like just out in the wild and I was like I'm literally sitting here with like two giant fucking things like strapped to my chest, like milking me. (laughs) And she's like, she's like, I just want to say like, I love your podcast. I think that like what you do is so important. And I was like, what is happening right now? And like my coworkers are all like on the plane with me. And I was like, "Uh, cool. Oh my God. It's amazing. Um, I was recognized. That is a while. But like, that's so, it was the so best uh best opportunity for someone to yeah you'll never forget it how much they like no you'll no. never forget it so good um but i haven't gotten like four times at one restaurant or the something, tea is that once so you start listen. getting free things when they bring over a round of shots for you that's that's <laughs> yes. I'm like, hey, this is what i'm here for she didn't even give me anything oh. Oh, it's fine i was still excited i was still happy she didn't give you free pretzels come on i didn't i, I didn't <laughs> I love it. I love it. Is it time? I'm sorry. We like could talk forever, but is it time for our Q and Gagly? I think it's time. I think I'm ready. Q. Q. And. Gay. All right. So our first question. Here we go. Question number one. Did you grow up in musical theater? A, yes, or B, no? Yes. <laughs> Very much Amazing. so. <laughs> question two. What's your favorite musical theater TikTok space? A, humor, B, singers, C, dancers, or D, behind the scenes? Ooh, A, humor. I gotta go with that. Gotta go with that. Can't go wrong. All right, question number three. What was the first show where you saw queer rep on stage? A, rent, B, lacage, C, fun home, or D, the prom? B, lacage. I feel like we'll get a good range of ages with this. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. I was trying to like uh, pull from some different eras, you know? Question four, the real question. Did you cry at the prom movie? (laughs) Yes or no? (laughs) Yes, I did. A lot, like a lot. Like hyperventilating crying. (laughs) I get that. All right, question number five. What's your favorite TikTok censorship avoidance? A, unalive, B, La Dollar Bean, C, Segzy, D, the cat emoji. Ooh, the cat emoji. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I feel like the cat emoji would be my answer too, only because every time it gets used, it's like the timing of it always makes me laugh because people are always like it's just like it just pops up and then like disappears and I don't it just makes me laugh every time so good fine remember you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod JJ thank you so much for hanging out with us where can our listeners find you on social media you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at JJ Neiman yeah that's like basically it if you are an actor and you want to do like 
a coaching or like anything like that, you can book me on Broadway Plus. Um, yeah. Amazing. And do you have any projects coming up? Like, are you are you in a show? Are, are there things coming up that you can tell us about? Or they're all, you know, hush hush? That part. There's a few things <laughs> that I've uh, been hired to do, doing also little readings and things. And then also, of course, auditioning and like up for random things that, you know, that's the theater life. You're like, I'm up for five things at once and I might get all of them. I might get none. And you have no idea, you know, we'll yep. see. Whenever JJ knows, you'll all know. I'm sure you'll post on your socials whenever you, oh, yeah. whenever you book your next thing. So for yeah, sure. make sure you're following him. JJ, thank you so much. I'm so happy that I got to officially meet you. It's been such a delight. Oh, it's been so awesome talking with y'all. This has been so much fun. Let me hear you say hip, 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 hip. We love hearing from you. We love continuing to build this community. So we just want to shout out some of our favorite things each episode. And this week, we want to start with an Insta message that we got from listener Summer, who suggested John Tucker must die for Should Have Been Gay. And listen, Summer, it's been on our list. We also want to do it. So we are trying, we're going to try to push it up. We'll bump it up the list and we are going to try to get to it. So we just, you know, we need to get like the right, the right person to really break I know, it down Sophia with us. Bush, hit That's us up. what we need. <laughs> Sophia yeah, yeah. or Brittany, hit, us, hit or, us up. Have your have your people call us. Call our people. You know, we'll make it happen. But we just we love it. We love when people get so excited about the movies they want to see us talk about because you know we love our should have been gays. That's all. I cannot wait to do that one. That's been on the list for a long time. I feel like there's some that are so good. We wait so long to do them cuz we just like because have we don't want to let them heart. go. Yeah, I know. Like, I just... It's like once we do it, then we've done it. Yeah, then it's you over. Know? Like then we can't do it again. It makes me sad. But we're excited for that one. It will happen summer, don't worry. We also want to thank our Lesbian Jesus patrons, Mark Foster, Jess Klaus, Tanya Ferguson, Jacqueline Rose Nishino, Sarah and Julia, Carrie Ann Lawrence, Danny Gunlock Tamora, Brittany Ray, Alana Rosen, Lizette Stye, Stacy, A.D. Benitez, and Fiona W. And our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Leah Henley, Liz Chen, and Julia Gonzalez. Thank you all, as always. And another reminder that we're in our Season 5 Patreon campaign. We would love to see even more of you on this absolutely beautiful list. And remember, you can also find us on all the social medias. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Less Hangout Pod. You can email us at lesshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website at lesshangoutpod.com. Whatever app you use for podcasts, make sure you subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes drop. And make sure that you have listened to all of The Flame. The episodes are all available on any podcasting app or on Spotify. And, you know, you want to be caught up before we release the next musical. That's all I'm saying. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that was me singing because I'm in a musical. <laughs> We also post videos on our YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash lesshangoutpod to catch them. If you want to help support the podcast, the easiest and freest way to do that is to go on the Apple Podcast app, leave us a rating and a review. It helps new people find the show. If you want to support us financially, you can do that on bit.ly slash lespatreon. That is our Patreon for the podcast. We are currently in our Season 5 Patreon campaign. We have a lot of really big goals for the show like being able to hire another social media intern, being able to pay myself and Kristen more money for the a million things that we do for this show because we love it. Someday to pay me. Yeah, someday <laughs> even we could pay Lee. 
I like to dream, you know? That would be crazy. We also have, at 150 patrons, Lee and I have this very exciting idea to do some historical essentials, sort of like a trip down memory gay lane, <laughs> where we look at some of the older movies that maybe don't make our essentials list, but we still want to talk about. So if we get to 150 patrons, we'll be able to do that for all of you. So you can join at bit.ly slash lesspatreon to help make that happen. We also have a Patreon for The Flame. As you know, we have a lot of big dreams for that, including getting The Flame on a stage, and we are already working on our next musical that we want to start actually recording and producing soon. So if you want to help make that happen, you can check us out at bit.ly slash The Flame Patreon and help us continue to make these stories and songs and music and all this fun stuff when we just had such a blast. So there you go. I can't wait. Also, if you're on that Patreon, you will get early access to some songs from the next season. We don't know how early, but I can promise you, you will get early access to those, which is very exciting because we're working on some new stuff right now. It's going to be great. If you want to get some Les Hangout merch, you can get that at bit.ly slash Les Shop. It is the perfect time to get a Les Hangout mug. We are getting on that cider kick (laughs) in the fall. So get a mug, get a sweater, and you can grab that at bit.ly slash Les Shop. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Ellie Brigida. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. Let's hang out. out.